0: Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Shawls. Today we're picking back up with the story of Beauty and the Beast. This is the fourth installment in our retelling of the tale from the Blue Fairy Book. And thus far, we've met all of our players, including the Beast. And last we left, the merchant had returned home and told his daughters and sons that one of his daughters would have to return with him. And Beauty has volunteered to go forth, as she has said, I indeed caused this misfortune, but I assure you I did it innocently. Who could have guessed that to ask for a rose in the middle of summer would cause so much misery? But as I did the mischief, it is only just that I should suffer for it. I will therefore go back with my father to keep his promise." And that is where we rejoin the tale of Beauty and the Beast. At first nobody would hear of this arrangement, and her fathers and brothers who loved her dearly declared that nothing should make them let her go. But Beauty was firm. As the time drew near, she divided all her little possessions between her sisters and said goodbye to everything she loved and when the fatal day came, she encouraged and cheered her father as they mounted together the horse which had brought him back. It seemed to fly rather than gallop, but so smoothly that beauty was not frightened. Indeed, she would have enjoyed the journey if she had not feared what might happen to her at the end of it. Her father still tried to persuade her to go back, but in vain. While they were talking, the night fell, and then, to their great surprise, Wonderful colored lights began to shine in all directions, and splendid fireworks blazed out before them. All the forest was illuminated by them, and even felt pleasantly warm, though it had been bitterly cold before. This lasted until they reached the avenue of orange trees, where there were statues holding flaming torches, and when they got nearer to the palace, they saw that it was illuminated from the roof to the ground, and music sounded softly from the courtyard the beast must be very hungry said beauty trying to laugh if he makes all this rejoicing over the arrival of his prey but in spite of her anxiety she could not help admiring all the wonderful things she saw the horse stopped at the foot of the flight of steps leading to the terrace and when they had dismounted her father led her to the little room he had been in before where they found a splendid fire burning and the table daintily spread with a delicious supper. The merchants knew that this was meant for them, and Beauty, who was rather less frightened now that she had passed through so many rooms and seen nothing of the beast, was quite willing to begin, for her long ride had made her very hungry. But they had hardly finished their meal when the noise of the beast's footsteps was heard approaching and beauty clung to her father in terror, which became all the greater when she saw how frightened he was. But, when the beast really appeared, though she trembled at the sight of him, she made a great effort to hide her horror and saluted him respectfully. This evidently pleased the beast. After looking at her, he said in a tone that might have struck terror into the boldest heart, though he did not seem to be angry, Good evening, old man. Good evening, Beauty. The merchant was too terrified to reply, but Beauty answered sweetly, Good evening, Beast. Have you come willingly? asked the Beast. Will you be content to stay here when your father goes away? Beauty answered bravely that she was quite prepared to stay. I am pleased with you, said the Beast. As you have come of your own accord, you may stay, as for you, old man. "'he added, turning to the merchant. "'At sunrise tomorrow you will take your departure. "'When the bell rings, get up quickly and eat your breakfast, "'and you will find the same horse waiting to take you home. "'But remember that you must never expect to see my palace again.' "'Then, turning to beauty, he said, "'Take your father into the next room "'and help him to choose everything you think your brothers and sisters would like to have. "'You'll find two travelling trunks there. "'Fill them as full as you can.' It is only just that you should send them something very precious as a remembrance of yourself. And that is the end of part four of Beauty and the Beast. Beauty has met the Beast and things have gone rather okay. In fact, he's been so kind as to not only provide dinner and breakfast and lodging for both, but also to send home a number of presents to the brothers and sisters of beauty. This is Dan Scholes for The Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you'd like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Folktale Project. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you like to listen. And you can always head over to FolktaleProject.com, where you'll find a new story waiting for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As always, thank you so much for listening.